Hello, my cozy friends, and welcome to season four of the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch. It is so hard to believe that we are already in the fourth season of this podcast. Four years ago, I sat down where I am right now in my sacred space, in my office area, with my phone in my hand and started recording episode one, which was what, Autumn Alters, and I forget what else it was, but that, it's just unbelievable how long ago it's been, how far the podcast has come, how many listeners and supporters are out there and who have joined the Comfy Cozy Witchy Podcast community. And I could not be more grateful to all of you. And I have some exciting things to share. So over the summer, uh, the podcast reached over 1 million downloads. So now we're over 1.3 million downloads, which just blows my mind because as I've said many times before, I only thought a handful of people would listen to this podcast when I started, but 1.3 million downloads is just amazing. And it's because of all of you. So I thank you so, so much. And not only that, But even throughout the summer, over my break, the podcast continued to be the number one podcast about witchcraft um, in all of the charts. And again, that's been two and a half years of it being the number one podcast on witchcraft. And it is, yes, it's hard to believe thinking about where I started uh, with this and where the podcast has come and how it has grown over the years. So I just want to say thank you to everyone out there for listening, for coming back uh, as I record episode, 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 coming back season after season, and for just enjoying this content and supporting me in listening. So thank you all again for being here. So this is season four, and to kick off today, I'm going to talk about, in the main segment, something that many of you have been asking about as I launched my shop in June, and you want to know a little bit more about what it takes to open a brick-and-mortar shop, some pros and cons, and so many of you have asked about the journey so far. So this episode is going to be sharing a little bit more about my journey uh, starting my brick and mortar Comfy Cozy Apothecary. But before I get into that, I want to talk about what is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. So right now, there are many things that are making me feel comfy, cozy, witchy because we are transitioning to my favorite season, autumn. Fall, my favorite season of all is almost here. And I think every single year, At this time, at the first episode of the new season, I talk about fall and how that is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. But I have to say that this year in Pennsylvania, uh, I'm sitting here, what, it's September 4th, September 5th, it is 90 degrees outside. It's 11 o'clock in the morning, 90 degrees outside. It's supposed to be 90 degrees all week. And I have been wanting to tap into the comfy, cozy, witchy, spooky season that is autumn. So I have started doing that in my home. And I want to talk about in this segment yesterday some things that I did just to help myself transition into spooky season and into autumn. 
So, you know, this summer was incredibly busy. As you know, I opened the shop. My son was home with me. He'll be going, or he just started fourth grade. So I was running him around from place to place. And we had a couple little trips planned on my days off. And so it was a very hectic summer. And one thing I did not do a lot of is bake and cook. We did a lot of grilling, as I think many people do in the summertime. We uh, ended up eating out more than I would have liked, but that's just how it happens when you're traveling and opening a new business and trying to get into a routine and a rhythm. And so I had not done a ton of cooking, a ton of baking. So yesterday I decided I have the day off, my shop is closed. It's time to clean the kitchen and start doing some pumpkin baking to put me in the autumn spirit because, again, it was 90 degrees yesterday. It still feels like summer. Technically, we haven't transitioned, you know, to autumn yet. We're not at the autumn equinox, but we still have these hot days. But I really wanted to tap into that energy of fall. So I decided to make some pumpkin goodies yesterday. And, oh, it made my heart, my witchy autumn loving heart so, so happy because I made my chocolate or yeah, pumpkin chocolate muffins. It's a gluten free recipe. And if you have my book, I think many listeners have my book. The recipe is actually in there. And I also made my famous, I don't know if it's famous, but a lot of people like it, my pumpkin spice sauce, which is great to put on ice cream in your coffee. You can make a pumpkin spice latte at home. You can drizzle it on muffins, desserts of all kind, put it in oatmeal. And I'm going to give the recipe for that in just a couple of moments because so many people have asked for it. And also, uh, the, as I said, the recipe for the muffins, that is in my book, but I think I have it posted on my feed. If you scroll back, I'm talking years ago on my Instagram feed, I'm pretty sure I posted my recipe for the gluten-free pumpkin chocolate muffins. It's just, it's almond flour, some coconut flour, butter, egg, um, all sorts of false spices, pumpkin, maple syrup, there's no uh, white sugar, and uh, chocolate chips. But anyway, that just really, it made me so happy to be baking, <clears throat> excuse me, again, and to be making pumpkin-related things. And in the morning, we went to Lowe's because I had to pick up a couple of things for my shop and they had some mums out. And although, yes, I know buying mums when it's still really hot out is not ideal, especially putting them in the ground before, you know, it cools down. But I really wanted some mums for my table outside my shop. So I picked up some mums. They were beautiful burnt oranges and yellows and that gorgeous deep red, that burgundy. So I was able to pick some of those up and I'll go place them at my shop today because I have some orders coming in that I have to drive to the shop anyway. So I figured I would get outside decorated. Uh, But transitioning to fall in the shop happened the last couple days as well. My husband and son helped me decorate my front window for fall 
And I, I did post some pictures on my Comfy Cozy Apothecary Instagram and Facebook pages. But I have that decorated for fall. I got out all my fall goodies and oil warmers and incense burners and incense in general. And I got in more cauldrons, all sorts of fun stuff. So I, I transitioned to fall in the shop as well. And all of that just makes me feel so happy. And it it gets me ready to tap into the season, into the magic of the season. I have to admit, of all the seasons, summer is probably my least favorite. It didn't used to be years ago, but now it's it's growing to be my least favorite. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love working with the sun's energy during summer. I love tending to my garden, working in my garden, but there's something about the heat that just gets to me, especially when I don't want to be sweating and and I'm just ready for fall. Every year by probably the middle of July, end of July, right after my birthday, in fact, right after my birthday in July, I'm ready for fall. Okay, my birthday, it was nice to get away, go to the beach for a little bit, but now let's transition to fall. And um, we joke sometimes about moving further north, like moving to New England, where it's a little bit cooler, but then you have those harsh winters. So I find I enjoy living in Pennsylvania because I'm lucky to get all four seasons. But I digress and I go on a tangent, as I often do. So baking yesterday, making those muffins, they were so good, making my pumpkin spice sauce just was so comfy and cozy to me. And innately magical and witchy because, you know, as I cook, as I'm working with the ingredients, especially with those spices, I am putting in those intentions while I am baking that warmth, that protection, um, that sweetness. And I just had so much fun doing that. So let me tell you really quickly, really quick how to make the, the pumpkin spice sauce. So... You need first just a sauteing pan, just a pan. And what you're going to do is put in a half cup of white sugar and a half cup of water. You bring that to a low boil. You let the sugar dissolve in the water. So essentially, you're making a simple syrup here. So once that is to a light bubble and you've stirred it around and the sugar has been dissolved, then you're going to want to add a whole can of sweet and condensed milk. So add the sweet, sweetened condensed milk. You're going to add a whole can of that. You're going to add about three quarter cup of pumpkin puree. You can get that right out of a can. That's what I did because I don't have any pumpkins right now to use. I'll have them soon. Um, so pumpkin puree, you're going to put in about a teaspoon, I'd say, of pumpkin pie spice. And you can make that yourself with nutmeg clove, cinnamon. I also put in a little extra cinnamon, like half a teaspoon of cinnamon and about a quarter teaspoon of salt. And you're going to mix that together really, really well until it all warms up and it turns into a liquid. And then once that has liquefied, it only takes about three or four minutes. You're going to let it cool and then put it in a glass jar um, I prefer not plastic. I like to use glass, so I put it in a glass jar. I used a mason jar yesterday or some sort of glass container that you can pour from. And then once it's cooled enough, you just store it in the fridge. You can use it up to probably a week and a half, two weeks, I would say. And 
Again, it's so good to put in coffee to drizzle over ice cream. It is your own pumpkin spot pie sauce. And you're going to find yourself using that and making coffee at home with that rather than going out and grabbing a coffee because it truly is that good. It is so, so good. Um, so anyway, baking yesterday, getting into the fall spirit, that is what currently is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. All right, so while I have been getting my shop going this summer, I've started on a new little witchy journey that I'm really excited to tell you about. So as you know, I have a lot of crystals in my shop. And although I have a general knowledge of crystals and have worked with them for many years, I really wanted to dive deep a little bit more. So I've actually started taking classes toward a certification in crystal healing. And I'm learning with Ashley Levy at the Love and Light School. And as I said, I wanted to do this not only for myself, but for my customers and to be more knowledgeable for the people who come into my shop. But I'm really excited about learning more in this course. I've already started a couple of the modules, and I have to say that I've looked at other programs, and the curriculum at, with, through this program is amazing. And you can actually get access to a sample class of one of the classes that I'll be taking. And you can kind of do it along with me if you want. You can sign up at cchenroll.com slash comfy. And you'll get access to a free three-part crystal healing training. Plus, you'll receive a 20-minute sample class from the certification program by email. And in that sample class, you'll learn all about working with crystals and sacred geometry to create crystal grids and um, other ways to use crystals in your magical practice. So head on over to cchenroll.com slash comfy for your free crystal healing class with the Love and Light School. As I said before, I'm sitting here today in my sacred space recording this, I decided not to go to my shop, although there will be times where I'm going to my shop. And right now I have to get up because River is eating something. It wouldn't be an episode without my dogs. Hi, girls. There's Reese, River, Gia. We're all here today at home. But Reese was eating a little postcard because she, yeah, uh, she's still, I guess, considered a puppy. She's a little over a year old. All right. So... I wanted today to talk a little bit about having a witchy business. And I want to preface this by saying I am by no means, no means at all, an expert on starting a business. I went to school for communication and education. I did not go to school to be a business owner, an entrepreneur, but that is where my life and my magical journey has led me and I'm so happy that it has and I am learning so much on this journey especially the opening a brick and mortar shop journey and I figured as I continue to learn once in a while I will share with you what I am learning and so I'm still early it's still early I'm sorry in this business ownership, brick and mortar shop journey. And so I'm just going to share with you some things that I have learned so far, some tips that I have if you are thinking about starting your own business, brick and mortar, witchy shop. Um, and yeah, just some pros and cons, things I've encountered, 
some obstacles and some joys and successes that I have had. So that's what I want to chat about on this main segment today. So if you remember back to when I first shared with you I was opening the brick and mortar shop, that would have been last May. So just a couple months back, three, four months ago, everything happened very quickly. Um, I wasn't anticipating on opening a shop, although it is a dream of mine and had been a dream of mine. And my husband and I, yes, had looked at properties in our downtown. It was nothing um, that we thought was going to happen in the near future. But the perfect building became available and everything just happened so fast. There were 50 people interested in it. Yeah, if you haven't heard that episode, I'm just summing it up quickly for you. There were 50 people interested. I happened to see the build. The building was for up for lease. Well, not least, I guess for rent uh, on Facebook on an account I never log into. And there it was. I knew that it was for me. There was a little crystal, a cloudy quartz crystal was wedged between some of the stones. The front is stone of the building. The side is brick. It's beautiful. So anyway, it happened quickly. I'm talking, I signed the lease and opened up two and a half weeks later. I signed the lease on June 1st, opened up June 17th, and it all happened so fast. So typically, when you go to start a business, you already have a business plan in place before even looking for a venue to house that business. I didn't have a business plan in place when that building became available. I had ideas. I had my brainstorms written down in journals and my magical journals in my book of shadows, you know, just these ideas and what did I, what I wanted to see come to fruition eventually, but I did not have a formal business plan. And so if you're considering opening a witchy shop, a brick and mortar shop, even if it isn't a magical shop, even if it is any shop, it's good to have a business plan in mind and put together. I mean, you would do this if even if you open an online retail space, an Etsy shop or a Shopify, you want to have a good idea of a business plan. And in that business plan, it includes the, the name of your business. Do you have to get an LLC for the business? Is it a sole proprietorship? What budget are you looking at? Um, budgeting out rent if it's an actual brick and mortar shop. Looking at the fees that go along with that, your water, sewer, trash, electric, heat, if there's gas, all of those goodies. Uh, you have to factor in inventory. What kind of inventory will you carry? Are you going to be making your own products? Are you going to be doing wholesale with other large or small businesses? A combination of both. So you want to think about what you want that to look like and what your overall theme is. There's a lot of things to consider before just jumping into business ownership and sitting down and really looking at those things and creating a business plan and even working with a a person who has knowledge of creating a business plan is a good idea. I had to do all of that in a very, very short amount of time. And although I did get it done 
And although I'm happy with the business plan, it would have been nice to have some more time to fully flesh it out a little bit more because there was so much going on at the same time. My son was um, finishing his school year. We had, I had um, a new project I was working on that I can't share with you yet. I want to share with you so bad, but I can't share it with you yet. But I had a new project I was working on, a book-shaped project, I can tell you that. excuse me, and then I had all of this going on. So I didn't have a chance to pre-create that business plan. So I did it really fast. And overall, it it was fine. It was, it ended up being great. Um, But if you are considering starting a business, it's definitely something you want to sit down and do. Uh, You want to look at spaces, you want to think about the location of a brick and mortar shop? Do you want to be out where you're secluded? Do you want, do you need land for some reason? Do you want to be in a downtown area? For me, as I said, I knew I wanted to be downtown. I knew I wanted to be on a main street and I am on main street. That's my address. It's 40 South Main. And I am that's where I wanted to be. And I, like I said, I I lucked into finding a space there. But if you have more time to prepare, you can start scouting out locations and talking to other business owners and getting an idea of what might be coming up for rent or what might be coming up for lease and an idea of how much rent might be and how, how many costs are going to go into your business so you can start creating that plan. And then looking at your budget and how much inventory can you afford to buy? And then how much do you have to sell to pay yourself back and to maintain? And I will tell you, opening a brand new business, it's, it's so eye-opening. It's a huge, and it's a huge, huge risk because you are putting so much money and your heart and soul into a project, not knowing 100% how much success you're going to have. And it's so difficult because I'm only two and a half months in and I, I'm still in the red. I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm honest with you on this podcast. I'm still in the red and I anticipate on being at least a year or two. That's what they say. Small businesses just starting up and running. It can be a couple of years until you are out of the red because of that initial investment. And, you know, I I have to remind myself on a daily basis, and it is daily, okay, I might be in the red, but I'm still making sales. And, you know, eventually, I will build up to where I, I can actually I can pay myself. I mean, right now, I can't even afford to pay myself, let alone pay people to come in and help me. But again, that's something that I'm learning. Um, So anyway, going back to what you need to consider is a business plan. And within that, you want to consider your strengths as a creator, your strengths as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. You also want to consider your connections. Do you have anyone in your life that you could talk to about this who can serve as a mentor or help guide you? I'm extremely lucky that my partner, that my husband went to school for business and he has been able to point me in the right direction. So I am so 
fortunate that I have that support and that he has that knowledge. Um, but you might have someone else in your family who is a small business owner or someone else that you're acquainted with that maybe you met through social media that you can reach out to and ask for guidance or ask for advice. So talk to other people and ask what has worked for them and just ask whatever questions you have about starting a business. And, you know, refer back to, I did an episode, oh gosh, last year, maybe two years ago about witchy businesses and, you know, go back and have a listen to that website because I know that I had many more tips and tricks in there when starting a magical business. But I would say you want to have a business plan, lean on the people that you can, look for support, mentors, ask questions, reach out, even if it's just shooting somebody an email or messaging them through social media. It doesn't hurt to reach out to people and ask them um, how they got started, how they were able to get a business up and running and what that entailed. I'm still learning. I'm not 100% the best person to ask at this time because I am so new in this journey. But now I want to talk a little bit about my shop in particular and uh, some things I've encountered, the good, the bad, and the ugly of small business ownership. And I have to be honest, most of it is good. 85%, 90% of it is good. So I'm going to share that with you now. So because I want to end this segment on a positive note, I'm actually going to start with the obstacles and things I didn't expect and the challenges with starting a business. Obviously, I started this business so quickly, two and a half weeks, you know, I was ordering inventory, getting a shop set up. Um, That took its toll on me. I was very run down when I first opened my business. Now I've recouped. I'm good. I am I'm great. I have a good balance, I think, and I'm finding that balance now that my son is back in school. Up oh, and Reese, Reese just came to say hello. Are you saying hi to all of my friends on the podcast? She came up, she put her little paw on my shoulder to say hello. So, one of the first, I guess, cons or negative things is you you will be putting forward money, a lot of money to start a business. And although I had a plan and I projected how much money I would put forward, it ended up being a little bit more than that. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay. Um, but that is just something that I didn't quite expect. And it added up to a little bit more than I would have liked but that's fine. Okay. And there's a car pulling up. Oh, she's going to bark because there's a car pulling up across the street. And I see her running to the window. Reese, come here. Here, do you want to go? Oh, there she goes. She's saying hello. It wouldn't be an episode without that. One moment. I know it's been a while since you heard Reese. <laughs> so thank you. I had to take a little break so she could run outside and bark at the car across the street. Um, she's She's in the fence though. It's not like she's running up to them and barking. Okay. So The first thing, it is a lot of money. It's an investment. And I guess that that is an obstacle because anytime there's a lot of money involved and you're investing in a new venture, it can be scary. It's going to be stressful. So that is, that is, I don't want to say it's a con, it's a reality. It's a reality, but it's just something that I'm having to overcome with myself. 
also, you know, it, it's taking a lot of time. Owning a business, and I knew this, takes a lot of time uh, because I'm getting in new inventory and between unpacking inventory and pricing inventory and entering it into my point of sale system and then figuring out where in the shop it's going to go, you know, setting it all up, that it's actually taking more time than I expected. And I have to apologize because I know this summer, I always take a summer break from the podcast. And this summer, I kind of left you all hanging I had an episode and then that was it. I didn't announce the summer break like I normally do, but I I was so busy so quickly because the shop had just opened that just to sit down and record a podcast just it took it would have taken a lot more mental power than I had to give because at the beginning of opening the shop it was all consuming. So again, the time, the time it takes to even just find new products and find brands that that resonate with me and that are run by small business owners who are creating a good quality product. I just wanted to make sure that, I want to make sure and I continue to make sure that everything in my shop is to my standards. And I have high standards for my shop and what I put in there and what is sold to you all and everybody who walks through the door. And so that takes time. Curating those items and a list of inventory, that takes time. And entering the inventory and pricing and setting up the shop, all of that. And, you know, it takes time to create the social media and the graphics for social media and to interact with with the customers online and answer all of the questions. These are all things that I knew were a reality, but I didn't factor in how much time of mine that would consume. But again, going into this business, I also knew I would have limited hours. I would only be open, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I would give myself two days off. I would make sure that my hours during the week were limited. So I had time for writing and for my other hobbies. So that has been helpful. But I do find some days rather than being able to write and do other things that I enjoy doing, I'm at the shop. Even though I'm not open, I'm at the shop organizing inventory or organizing my back room and putting things together. But at the end of the day, that's not a negative because I love going to my shop. Every time I open that door, no matter if I know I have so much work to do, it just makes me so happy. And I walk, I just step inside my shop and it smells very much like my sacred space at home. It it smells like magic and it feels so magical to me. And I'm surrounded by these beautiful magical items and crystals and candles and magical tools that I've chosen and that I love just being around. So although it is time consuming, I still love every bit of it. Uh, Another so obstacle, of course, would be unhappy customers. And to be honest, I have not had, I've only had one unhappy customer, knock on wood, hopefully it only stays at one. 
but I've had one unhappy customer and that actually wasn't a customer in my brick and mortar shop. It was a customer of a mystery box that I had. I don't think this customer understood um, that a mystery box was just that. It, you know, a lot of the items would be a mystery and they weren't happy to to not receive everything they specifically asked for. So they gave me like a list of exactly what they wanted and some things I didn't have in my shop. So I did my best in curating a box and they were very upset. I mean, they were really upset and rated the box like a two out of five on my Etsy and did not have very nice things to say. And I was so kind in responding to them and even messaged them personally and explained what, you know, the quality behind my products and why I chose what I did and explained again, well, you know, or reminded them this was a mystery box, but they were just not nice to me. So that's something that I, you know, I'm getting, I will have to get used to because that probably won't be the only unhappy customer. And that's, again, a reality. So these are realities, <laughs> just some obstacles that are realities. So that I haven't had people come in and speak negatively. Everybody has been so kind and about the shop. And I had one person did come in last weekend. A woman came in with her son. And as soon as she walked in, had to tell me, that it, it was too strong smelling. In fact, her words, it was kind of funny. <laughs> she said, it smells strong in here. And she's like, I get headaches easily and it's strong in here. And she said, um, it's about 50% of when you walk into Yankee Candle. <laughs> and that just made me laugh. Like, okay, so my shop smells half as strong as the smell when you walk into a Yankee Candle store. And I, I guess... Is Yankee Candle the bar? Like, I, I don't know. It was just really funny to me. Um, and then she proceeded to ask me for coins because uh, change for a 20. She wanted $20 worth of quarters because her son wanted to play at an arcade down the street or something. So that was the whole encounter. So that customer actually didn't want to come to the shop at all. She just needed quarters. So she insulted the smell of my shop and then asked me for a favor. And I only had three quarters because I don't carry cash much in the shop. So anyway, she left. That was kind of funny. I did have another another customer come in and like touch everything in my shop and tell me, uh, oh, what was she telling me? She was doing muscle testing on a lot of the items in my shop and telling me, what items passed her muscle testing and which did not and then left. She just came in to, to tell me what items she approved of, what items she didn't, and then she left. But again, this is a reality of business ownership. Um, I'm going to encounter all different kinds of people, which is one of the things that excites me about having a business because I get to meet all sorts of people from all walks of life and uh, but some of those people like to muscle test, I guess, all of my products and tell me what is good and what they don't feel is very good. So uh, there's that. And then the another, I guess, con, and this is something that I really wasn't anticipating. And my husband has called me naive for not anticipating this, but I just think it's I'm a positive person in general. And I like to see, you know, the bright side of things. But I, you know, I was so excited to start my business and I thought other 
every other small business in town would be excited to see another business come to town, but that wasn't the case. Um, I don't want to get into specifics because if you know where my shop and you've been to my shop, I don't want to speak negatively about any other business owner because we are all here to support one another, especially I think when you have businesses in the same town, you can only help each other out. I I personally don't feel threatened by other businesses. Um, I, I want to support other businesses, even if they have similar things that I do in my shop. I really think in order for a community, a business, downtown business community to thrive, everybody needs to be supportive of one another. And there has been a shop or two that have not been um, the kindest, the kindest to me. And that was something I did not anticipate. In fact, a business owner has been very cold, like almost like cold shouldered, not very nice at all. And that was not something I expected, but I, I've been very kind to them and everybody else. And I welcome them. I welcome conversation. Um, but that was something that I didn't anticipate. And again, you know, my husband has reminded me that's business. Like that's part of being a business owner. There are some people who are always just going to see it like other businesses as competition. I just choose not to see it that way. So there's been that. Um, I'm trying to think if there has been anything else. I did, I did, you know, I had some strange, a strange encounter too when in May, so I knew I was opening my business in May. It wasn't opening for another month, but I had started curating a list of um, small businesses that I wanted to wholesale to get items for my shop. And I wanted some advice on, finding some crystal wholesalers because I already had two lined up that I have worked with that are amazing quality. I know they get ethically sourced crystals, uh, but I wanted to just have a couple other, you know, in my back pocket, wholesalers in my back pocket. And so I reached out to um, a person who I, I can, I would consider a friend, you know, friendly with uh, because they always have the most beautiful crystals for sale. And I explained, you know, it's for my brick and mortar shop, really no competition. And um, this person absolutely refused to give me any the, any names of her vendors and wholesalers and who she uses for crystals. And that really, that caught me off guard. And what I'm realizing or what, you know, she explained to me is that a lot of people like to keep that close to their, their chest. Like they don't, they don't like to give out that information. Um, they don't like to give other businesses, you know, where they get their supplies from. And that just, I, that was surprising to me. I did, I reached out to a couple other, uh, friends of mine who I've bought crystals from in the past who gladly gave me their lists, but it was just interesting to me that, you know, that that is a thing, I guess. I Again, naive. I'm naive. I didn't realize it, that some people just weren't willing to share those things. And because I don't, I'm not that way. I'm an open book. (laughs) I will, if you want to know where I get items for your own shop, I will gladly share. Unless I don't, I honestly don't know, but I know where I get all of my stuff in my shop. Um, So that was strange. That was a little bit strange. But other than those things, 
everything has been positive. So again, the hurdles have been money, the time, you know, how much time it consumes, unhappy customers, just people who have not been the most welcoming or friendly or willing to share resources. But again, those are realities. So I don't want to say that they're cons. Those are just realities. And I'm learning as now a business owner, those are things that I just am going to have to deal with and overcome. So I want to talk about now the amazing, amazing things I've encountered since opening my comfy, cozy apothecary. So there have been so many, so, so many amazing things I have encountered since opening my brick and mortar shop. And these outweigh tenfold any of the negatives. And I know you heard some of those negatives, but honestly, the positives are just, they blow those out of the water, (laughs) truly. So the first thing that has been kind of unexpected and just a wonderful surprise is the amount of people and new friendships I have already made in my shop. And I knew I would meet people. I knew I would meet like-minded people having a magical shop. I'm going to naturally draw those people to the shop. But I did not think that I would make so many new friends and connections as I have when I opened the shop just two and a half, three months ago. Uh, Even the first, within the first week when I was setting up, so my shop wasn't even open. I was still setting up the shop and a woman came in. Well, she was peeking her head in and I said, you can come in and look around. I said, I'm setting up. I'm not open yet. And we got to talking to each other and she said, I'm so happy to have a magical witchy shop right in town. I don't have to drive so far now. And we got to talking and we immediately bonded, became friends. The next time she stopped in, she invited me to her um, cat who passed away, her cat's remembrance of life party. And in middle of July, I went to her cat's life part, remembrance of life party. And it was so much fun. And through that, I made even more new friends who now come into the shop and we chit chat and even get together outside of the shop. And that has been such an unexpected blessing from having the brick and mortar store. I have so loved, loved making these new friends. Um, I have multiple customers who I now call friends who come in at least once, sometimes twice a week, and not not to buy anything, just to chat with me, just to soak up the energy in the shop, just to go sit in the back room and look at some of the books. And that's exactly what I wanted out of that space. And it makes me so happy when I see those people come back over and over again. So an unexpected positive is making these friendships and building on friendships. I have had a number of you all, so a number of podcast listeners travel to come to the shop. Even if they don't live nearby, people have traveled three, four, five, even longer um, hours to come visit the Comfy Cozy Apothecary, to meet me in person. And I just feel so honored every single time 
someone comes just to come to the shop or to see me, it makes my day. I can't even begin to explain how much that makes my day and how grateful I am. Um, And it has been, it has been kids. So a girl came in from Maine. They were on vacation. They were traveling back home to Maine and they made a pit stop in my town to come to my shop. And that was just so magical. People have come from Virginia, Baltimore, Maryland, from New Jersey. Many people have come from New Jersey, Southern Jersey to visit me, New York, even Northern New York to come to the shop. Uh, A friend and podcast listener is flying in from, oh my gosh, I want to say Wisconsin. That's terrible. Michigan, Wisconsin, but they're flying in in a couple of weeks to come stay in the area, but to come see me and visit the shop. So Meeting some of you in person has been a highlight of having the brick and mortar Comfy Cozy Apothecary because now I can see and talk to you beyond through a phone and through a screen and through social media, but in real life and making those connections has been so cool. Oh my gosh, why am I getting emotional? (laughs) It has been so cool. So that, and then also... The support of strangers and support of people in my town and in the surrounding towns has been tremendous. People have come to me and said they've been waiting for a shop like mine to come to town. They're happy to have some place where they feel welcome and everyone feels welcome as soon as they walk in the door. And that's what I wanted out of the space. I wanted it to be a comfy, cozy, just like the name suggests, magical space where people can come in and just take a sigh of relief and just enjoy being surrounded by, I I know I say it a million times, but magic. And there are a number of people who come in and do just that, or they walk into my shop and immediately sigh. They take they take a a big smell of the shop and they're like, oh, it smells so good in here. They take a sigh and I can just watch their shoulders fall. And that's what I wanted. And I joke, I know I've joked on here about being the Cassie Nightingale, the good witch of Nazareth of, of this town. Uh, but I feel like that is starting to happen. In fact, I've, I'm keeping a journal. It's like my good witch of, of town journal where I write down experiences with customers, customers who've come back, things that they're saying, encounters I've had. And, you know, it's fun to look back on that. But people have been so supportive and so kind. Other local business owners stop in, um, and express their support. Many have wanted to partner with me in some way. And that has been fun. So just all the support from people has been amazing and so appreciated. Okay, and then, and this one is really fun because I didn't expect this at all. But a huge pro since opening my shop (laughs) Or all my dog friends that I've made. And I know that sounds silly, but 
you know, people who live in town, where do they walk their dogs? They walk their dogs through town. And a lot of the townie dogs, <laughs> the townie dogs have gotten to know me and they know my shop. And as soon as they walk by, they they turn into my entryway and I have pretzels for dogs. So I give dogs <laughs> little pretzels. They don't have dog treats. I don't think I could actually do dog treats now because all of the dogs that come in expect the pretzels. I'm the pretzel, the pre- magical pretzel lady. <laughs> and so I have made little dog friends. Um, Tucker and Tito, Tucker is one who's come in since almost the first day I've opened. Now Tucker will just follow me to my back room where I have like my little kitchen set up. Tucker just follows me, gets his pretzels. Tucker's now little brother, Tito, comes in. Tito's so cute. Another, There's another shop that's nearby and they bring their dogs into the shop. So I get to see um, Baker in Denver all the time. I get to see Boxley. Um, Olive is, I think, a little, yeah, a little Chihuahua dog. So (laughs) all of these animals come to my shop and they just, they love it there. They get their pretzels, they'll lay down on the floor. It's, that has been an unexpected, I did not expect that at all. I mean, yeah, I expected some of those other realities. I expected to meet people and and hope I was hopeful to make some friends and I expected to have support, but I did not expect the amount of animal friends <laughs> that come into my shop and it has been such a pleasant surprise. I love it so much. Um so yeah, my my friends, my animal friends. Some other, there. Are, I mean, there are so many other pros. Just being able to come into my shop every day is a joy. Even when I know I have a whole day or hours and hours and I'm going to be working into the evenings, I look forward to coming to my shop. I get so excited. This is a job that I am thrilled about doing. And I know it's still new. I'm only two and a half months in. Three months? What am I at now? June, July, August. Oh my gosh, three months about. But I still, I love walking in that door every single day. And I have my witch's bells hanging and I can hear it. I can hear the sound of the lock go click in my head. The bells jingle and I just smile. And the door creaks. It's an old building. The door creaks as I open it. And it just makes me smile every single time I go in. And even when I'm leaving, the same, that click when I open, the jingle of the bells, the creaking of the door, all of it just makes me so happy. So those are many of the positive things I've encountered. I could go on. Truly, I could go on. Um, But it has been such a magical experience. I... I've loved the people I've met and the dogs, my dog friends I've made, uh, my customers. I have so many returning customers that come over and over again and that I'm just so grateful to that. But yeah, it's been it's been amazing. And it's been a challenge, don't get me wrong. There have been a lot of challenges along the way and headaches and stress, but overall I am so grateful for this experience. And I just feel, I just feel so lucky. So yes, 
that's a little update on my shop. I just put out all of my fall inventory. I have fall mystery boxes to pack up. Uh, I will be offering Samhain mystery boxes. So Samhain slash Halloween themed mystery boxes uh, toward the end of this month, end of September, early October. So look out for that. Please, if you want to stay updated on my apothecary, follow it at Comfy Cozy Apothecary on Instagram, but I post even more to the Facebook page. So Comfy Cozy Apothecary on Facebook, that group or page, that is where I do most of my posting currently. And I think I'm going to start doing Facebook Lives on there too to sell some to sell on Facebook Live for those of you who can't get to the shop in person. So make sure you if you're on Facebook that you are following the Comfy Cozy Apothecary. So let's move on. I want to talk about our card pull of the week, which I haven't pulled yet. So what deck am I going to use? We shall see. <laughs> so although I did just get the Mabin Season of the Witch Oracle deck in, it is at my shop. <laughs> so I won't be pulling from that today. Uh, pro I'm sure I will, though, the rest of the month. Today I'm going to be pulling from the Druid Animal Oracle deck. And... This is by Philip and Stephanie Cargom. Philip Cargom is the Archdruid of uh, Obad, I believe. <clears throat> and it, this is just a lovely, lovely deck. So let's get that out. And Reese is right here. She just came up on my lap. Hi, her little paws. I don't know if you can hear. Can you? Oh, hello. Hi, Reese. Oh, hi. Giving me kisses. So let's shuffle this. See what our card will be. Okay, and it is. Oh my goodness! <laughs> You're not going to believe it. It's an animal deck. What animal do you think I chose? The fox. <laughs> the fox. Oh my gosh, this makes me so happy. Um, pronunciation is Sunak, so the fox, meaning diplomacy, cunning, wildness. So the fox is a graceful creature who typifies the beauty and harmony of the natural world. Working with the power of the fox, you will know when to come out into the open and be counted and when to remain silent. With others, you will be able to be diplomatic. One of the attributes of the fox is being strong in counsel. However, take care when working with fox power not to let skill and diplomacy become dishonesty or slyness. Remaining silent or becoming invisible so as to watch the unfolding drama is an asset that can bring its own special culpability if it is not tempered with wisdom. Oh, and I just love that. The fox. What a great start to season four. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. The fox. So, Sit back if there's a situation um, where you aren't sure if you should get involved. Just sit back. Don't get involved. Sit back. Watch what unfolds. Think before you speak. Take some time to ruminate. Think on a, th a few things before moving forward. This is just telling us, you know, if we're going to work and move forward, do so with thought and with some grace and make sure that we are wise in our decisions. So I love that. I love that. Of course, it's the fox. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. So everyone, thank you 
Thank you so much for being with me. I know this is a longer episode. And honestly, I don't know 100% what is in store for season four. Remember, I wanted to have guests last season. I think I had one. Um, so I'm going to work toward that. I have some special announcements I'm going to have with for you coming up here hopefully soon. And, you know, I'm I'm hoping to have an episode every two weeks. I really don't want to have the longer gaps, um, but we'll see how things are going at the shop and other deadlines and so forth. But my goal is to every two weeks have an episode and I'm really excited about that. A couple of things before I close today. Again, my Patreon is at patreon.com slash comfy cozy witch. You can find me on Instagram at Comfy Cozy Witch or Comfy Cozy Apothecary. Find me on Facebook at the Comfy Cozy Apothecary. Currently, the Comfy Cozy Witches Facebook group is on a two-week hiatus just so we can clean up the group a little bit and plan and just have a break because my moderators are amazing and they need some time off as well. So we're on a break until the 11th. Um, so if you have tried to join the Facebook group lately, that's the reason why you're unable to get in. Uh, it is closed. Like I have it completely on pause for a little while. Um, but yeah, those are some ways that you can connect with me. And if you want to support me, please make sure that you do rate and review the podcast. I read all of those reviews and I so appreciate all of you. So um, just a couple of rev reviews that came in the last couple weeks or so. I can only see back only so far. So thank you to everybody who has written a review. But Angel from Alabama, you found this podcast. It's one of your top witchy podcasts and you've listened, you listen to it every day. Thank you. Forrest Gump <laughs> says Jenny is so easy to listen to. I love that. Um, and you love my willingness to share my personal stories as well. You are so welcome. Ticket Mad, you said you're obsessed. You've listened to the podcast, oh, to podcasts in general on and off for a few years, but this one has you listening to an episode or two um, almost every day. So thank you. Thank you so much. Jen from Georgia, thank you for your review. You love the podcast. You can tell I'm happy and smiling in every episode. I am. <laughs> I am. Um, so thank you for those kind words. E. Adrian um, Baez, you've tried listening to other witchy podcasts and haven't enjoyed them as much as this one because it's casual, down to earth and understanding. I appreciate that so much. That's just what I want all of you to get out of this. Jennifer W829, you found the show and you're loving it. And it's so comfy, cozy and witchy. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Indy815, it's both soothing and inspiring to your practice and you enjoy my insights and I make it accessible to you. That's exactly what I want. So thank you for those kind words. Snakes forever. You find this to be the best, witch, best witchy podcast. Thank you. That makes me so happy. Thank you. And KK90469, you just found the podcast and you're enjoying it so far. And same with you, Jasper Shea 13. You're just realizing that you're a witch and this podcast is so helpful. And I am so glad that it is helping you at the beginning stages of your journey. Well, everyone, again, thank you for being with me here today. Until 
the next episode, everyone. Stay comfy, cozy, and witchy. Mm-hmm.